The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 3.06 on the Central Coast. It is Tuesday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Dave Congleton, welcoming you to another edition of Hometown Radio. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for supporting live local hometown radio. On this broadcast today, during the 4 o'clock hour, we've got Jennifer Martin from Cuesta College and a local singer-songwriter, Dorian Michael, previewing the upcoming annual Cuesta Acoustic Guitar Concert. It's happening Saturday night. And special guest, master guitarist Lawrence Juber, former lead guitarist for Wings, is going to join us during the hour as well. At 5.05, I've avoided talking about the tragedy in Memphis, but I am trying to figure out what caused this, what caused seven different police officers to essentially act like an angry mob. Psychologist Dr. Larry Lockman will introduce many of us to the so-called contagion effect. Let's focus on the police and what we believe happened that night. Then uh, Mike White from Boo Boo Records at 6.05, let's uh, talk about records and the history of boo-boos, everyone's favorite record store on the Central Coast. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, uh, Dick Blankenberg passed away earlier this month. Uh, Dick Blankenberg uh, was so important to this community on so many levels, not the least of which uh, he was the publisher of the Times Press Recorder based in Arroyo Grande. Uh, everything a small town newspaper uh, should have been wanted to be, uh, he made it happen. And he had a tremendous impact with that paper. And I, I can't let his passing go by without acknowledging not only the loss of the TPR and the loss of Dick Blankenberg, but just uh, the evolution. So when I want to know about the history of South County, there's only one guy to go to, and that is the author of one, two, three, four, five different books. Author and historian, Mr. Jim Gregory, is back with us. Jim, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. And you also have a connection to the TPR. I do. Uh, when uh, I was uh, in high school taking my journalism class for Mrs. Carol Hirons, who was one of the most formative teachers I ever had, I uh, had a work-study uh class, and I worked at the TPR. Uh, minor stuff, writing obituaries, rewriting uh, press releases. And then for a short time, I had an actual paying job after school, <laughs> and that was memorable because it was uh, me and another fellow uh, stuffing 2000 Section 2s inside 2000 Section 1s. And by the end of the shift, 
uh, from the newsprint, uh, you, your hands and your forearms were uh, pretty much all black. Ah, uh, the good old so days. That, I, I, that gave me an appreciation for large numbers. 2,000 is a large number. Before we focus on Dick and the TPR, let's have a little overview of the history of the newspaper in Arroyo Grande. The first newspaper may have actually been the House in Oracle sometime in the 1880s. Uh, the paper that uh, Dick and his family would inherit uh, began in 1887, and it was founded by a man named Clevenger, who was also an undertaker, uh, who was also the co-founder of the Santa Maria Times. And there's been a relationship fairly close from, uh, over, the, over the years between the Times and the Herald, uh, the Herald Recorder. Now, a rival newspaper appeared. Uh, Clevenger was the editor of the Herald. Uh, a rival newspaper, the Recorder, appeared in 1904, and one of its editors was A.M. Uh, a. Parsons, who was a county surveyor uh, in uh, in the South County, and also uh, a principal of the very controversial high school, which most people didn't like at first, until it finally kind of kind of stuck. The Herald and Recorder merged in uh, 1911, and that would be uh, the name of the Royal Grandy paper uh, when the Blankenbergs uh, came aboard in 1959. Another notable editor just before the Blankenbergs, uh, we have a park name for him, Newell Struther. Uh, was the editor through some very difficult years, especially World War II. Uh, and he was the editor from 1939 to 1959, uh, 29 years. Hmm. The Blankenberg family uh, uh, owned and managed the paper uh, from 1959 until, I believe, uh, 1994. And this is a family of journalists. It was, uh, beginning with the father, the, the, the original Richard, who was born in South Dakota but had newspapers in other parts of California, uh, before coming to Royal Grandy in, in 1959 and acquiring uh, the Herald Recorder. Uh, there were then three newspapers in the South County, the Herald Recorder, the Grover City Press, when it was called Grover City, uh, and the Pismo Times. They merged in the 1980s. But the Elder Blankenberg came, and uh, his co, uh, co-administrators, I guess is the best word I can think of, would be his sons, Dick, who would become uh, the editor-publisher when R.E. retired, and his son, Kent, who was the production manager, and a a guy I got to know very well uh, many, many years ago when uh, both my brother and I were editors of the Cuesta College newspaper. So Times Press Recorder is, because I came in 87, is actually the merging of three different smaller papers in South County. Exactly. And the content was, you know, with a few variations, you could find the same story uh, in the Grover City Press, obviously more of an emphasis on Grover City News. uh, But uh, the same stories essentially ran uh, in all three newspapers. So uh, it was was decided to merge the three. And that's the uh, paper that I think uh, most South Countyans uh, are are familiar with Time, um, Times Press Recorder three newspapers. When did when did Dick Blankenberg become the publisher? Uh, Dick Blankenberg became the publisher, I believe, in 1972, okay. uh, and uh, he uh, would remain in charge of the paper uh, until it was sold to the, the Pulitzer uh, chain. Uh, I think that was in 1994 or 1998. I'm not sure which, but for a good long time, his tenure. Uh, 
at uh, the South County newspaper was was the, the longest in South County history. But just take a moment to appreciate the story that you're telling, Jim, in that all these little towns have each have their own little individual newspaper. And on top of that, up here in San Luis, you've got, I guess, would have been the Telegram Tribune trying to cover the whole county and obviously interested in competing with these South County newspapers. There was quite the rivalry there, there, between the TT and the TPR. Including uh, some of the reporters uh, uh, who worked for uh, for both. Uh, my good friend Carol Roberts would be an example of that. Uh, Doris Olson, who also wrote for the Santa Maria Times. Uh, Tom Folks. Uh, there, there are uh, lots of examples. Uh, the, the TPR, and I, I don't want to uh, minimize uh, the the careers or the the tenure of these people, but it was kind of an incubator for uh, for print reporters, and uh, uh, many of them got their starts there. Uh, uh, would go on to bigger newspapers. Uh, some would kind of move back and forth uh, between the Telegram Tribune. As far as readership, um, I grew up in rural Royal Grandy, and we always got both newspapers. The, the Telegram Tribune was the quote, quote unquote big newspaper. <laughs> uh, that was the one that uh, uh, came out with an extra the day of John Kennedy's assassination. But the point you make, the Telegram Tribune, simply because it had to cover so much, uh, didn't necessarily give smaller communities the, the kind of uh, coverage they might have wanted, especially for things like youth sports. And sports was always a big, big part of uh, of the Times Press Recorder and going back before that to their Herald Recorder. Jim Gregory on this broadcast, uh, author and historian. We're talking about the late, great Dick Blankenberg, who passed away earlier this month. I believe it was 86. And uh, the Times Press Recorder, a very important newspaper in the evolution of South County. What about Dick as a, as a journalist, as a, as a publisher? He is uh, the opposite of every journalistic uh, stereotype. Uh, I, you know, going back to the front page, uh, coming coming ahead. To, we just listen. I just watched uh, the Zodiac the other night, and oh, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. is yeah. a, a San Francisco Cron reporter. Uh, and by that, I mean that he was a very gentle person. Uh, he was not pushy. Uh, he was not loud. Uh, he was uh, uh, a family man. He was extremely devoted to his community. Uh, the, the list of community organizations that he belonged to is as long as my arm. Uh, so he was a guy, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I will use a cliche, he walked the walk. He really mm. was devoted uh, to the South County. Mm. All right, we have a lot to cover. Uh, Jim Gregory's here. We're talking about Dick Blankenberg and the Times Press Recorder and small town newspapers. I'm Dave Congleton. This is Small Town Radio. I couldn't be prouder. On AM 920, FM 96.5, News Talk, KVEC. E. Tomorrow we'll check in with our friends from the San Luis Obispo Symphony. Joe Brittingham is going to give us the very latest on economic news. On uh, Thursday, we have Connie and Clint Pierce with us. On Friday, uh, County Supervisor Dawn Ortiz Leg gives us an update about everything happening with the uh, supervisors. Next week, special guest, my heart surgeon, Dr. David Canverser, is back with us. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock right here on KVEC, where we are in conversation with uh, Jim Gregory, author and historian, talking about the late publisher Dick Blankenberg, and also community leader, as we're about to remind you, who uh, passed away earlier this month. He had been in the community since 1959 
And Jim, as we're back with you, obviously, uh, Dick Blankenberg's fingerprints were everywhere. Absolutely. And, and again, in, including uh, the, the stable of very skilled reporters that worked for him at one time or another. So we got Tom Folks, we've got Jerry Bunin, we've Dora got Rick Solson, Jackaway, Carol Roberts, Carol Mike, Roberts. Jack, uh, Vernon Rendis, uh, Mike Hodson, uh, Tom Folks, Jerry Bunin, Cindy Blankenberg, uh, Dick's daughter, uh, was an excellent reporter and writer. Uh, so hey, that's, David a, that's a third generation. David Chafferdini was down there in some capacity. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And these were these and although she didn't work uh, uh directly for Dick, one of the one of the stringers was uh Karen White of Halcyon, who's a friend of mine and uh, also a reporter for a long time past for the Santa Maria Times. So, I think uh those guys enjoyed competing with the Tribune. I think or they the T T. I think which I was think back they in the did. Days. There, there was it was very much like uh the uh the rivalry once upon a time between San Luis Obispo and Rio Grande High Schools on the football field. Um, so there, there was some definite competition there. Let me read you this text on the Stolberg-Tatum line. I have a funny story. Well, we'll decide that. Uh, I was a kid. We moved here in 76, and we lived in Los Osos, and I got a job delivering the Morrill Bay Sun Bulletin. I didn't know at the time that it was a volunteer-paid newspaper. So once a week, we delivered to every house, and once a month, he went back and tried to collect. It was only 50 cents. But that's how we got paid, was by the amount of 50-cent houses we collected. Oh, we did not get cash. We got points. And you could buy stuff out of a catalog with those points. My brother and I bought an inflatable boat that we used at Laguna Lake. Does that take <laughs> that brings back memories, I bet. <laughs> it sounds like the Tennessee Ernie Ford song, I owe my soul to the company store. <laughs> <laughs> About Dick as a, as a community leader. Uh it's it's hard. It's really hard to know where to begin. And, uh, many many honors. Uh, uh, he was uh, the 1991 Royal Grandee Citizen of the Year. Uh, the the Blankenbergs as a family were the uh, uh, South County Family of the Year, which was awarded by the Kiwanis Club, in which he was also uh, very active. Uh, probably, uh, to my mind, most important. Dick is the man who brought the Special Olympics to San Luis Obispo County. Hmm. Uh, his son uh, Rick is is a is an athlete, uh, and it was it was Dick Blankenberg uh, who not only brought Special Olympics and, and made it an important part of community life here, but he and his his wife uh, were kind of a resource for uh, uh, parents of children with special needs. So there was a, a lot that was unpublicized that the Blankenbergs did as well. Uh, so uh, that that may have been the thing that uh, he was most proud of. It's certainly one of the things that, that strikes me the most. I'm a, Another event that uh, he was involved in was the, the Royal Grandi Harvest Festival. Uh, and I'm a member of the committee that's trying to organize uh, uh, next year's festival. Uh, uh, not a very useful one. Dick was. He, he spearheaded, and he got into the, the, uh, the spirit. The, uh, the theme of the Harvest Festival was the 1890s, and it was all, always... Uh, a charming display ad in the TPR. The entire staff would be dressed up in 1890s costumes, down to derby hats and the occasional false handlebar mustache. Uh, and uh, that that was kind of something. And there was always, to me as a historian, there was always a special Harvest Festival edition, which was many, many pages, filled with photographs, many of them from the Bennett Loomis archives, about the history of Royal Grandi. And that's where I first got hooked on my hometown's history was through the, through his newspaper. Well, that's an interesting point, is that something we don't have 
much of anymore in this county or even in this country is the the newspaper publisher who used to be a fixture of the community. Um, I believe the publisher, the quote unquote publisher of the Tribune lives in Fresno. It's not a shot. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, we lost the Times Press Recorder, which means we lost a newspaper publisher who was a voice for his or her community. And uh, we were talking when you came in here, the Sun Bulletin gone. Cambrian now is just digital. There's no separate publisher for the Cambrian. Uh, Adobe Press, gone. TPR, gone. Slow City News, gone. But with that is all these editorial voices are quiet. Uh, there are no reporters going out being the watchdogs. The, the torch has been passed, and I'm not sure it, I'm happy to see that passing of the torch. I, my wife and I uh, faced the same problem with, with television. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, we, uh, we got uh, Channel 6, Channel 3, and when the antenna was turned the right way, Channel 12. That was essentially it. I'm bewildered. Now, by the number of of uh, uh, you know HBO, uh, Netflix, and on and on and on. Every time I see an advertisement for a, a new miniseries that looks terrific, but I'll probably never get around to watching it. Uh, it's the, the newspaper business and news business in general is has kind of become fragmented in, in much the same way. At the expense of local. At the expense at the expense of local, absolutely, uh, and. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm so glad we still have the trib around uh, in digital form. But to be honest with you, I don't read it as religiously as I did when I got it in print form. Um, Why not? What's the it, difference? It's, it's just – I'm old-fashioned, uh, but it's the – the the comfort of holding a newspaper in your hands, taking your time, having a cup of coffee, uh, and it, it, it's not the same on my iPhone. It just it just really it really isn't. I know. So what happened with the Times Press Recorder? They were bought by Lee at some point. I think they went from Pulitzer to Lee, and eventually, like other newspapers, uh, it it just became advertising revenues fell. Uh, as a result, there were staff cutbacks, and it was a, it was a vicious cycle. So probably much the same that's happened to print journalism throughout the United States, um, and. Uh, uh, that is, uh, as you mentioned, been replaced by a multiplicity of sources, uh, most of them on the Internet, not all of them reliable. Uh, in fact, by uh, things like Facebook, where each person is his or her own editorialist or own reporter. Well, I'm, I'll admit it. I get my community news from Facebook. Mm -hmm. if, if somebody got a promotion or somebody got married or leaving they announce it on facebook and that's how i find out what's happening in my community yeah it's kind of sad now and with the times press recorder i recall a slow decline meaning they were two days a week then they went to one day a week and then they went completely online and then poof yeah they, they were gone. disappeared yeah because it was uh the santa maria paper they the, the the people from the tpr were absorbed into the santa maria paper right, right. Including Mike Johnson, who's a, a terrific reporter. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a, you know on the other hand, uh, just anecdotally, and it's a small example. Uh, we miss the obituary of a of a very dear friend of our families. Uh, we're still guilt stricken over it, and that might not have happened uh, in the days where we we had a, a, a local newspaper. 
But you can go online, Jim, and you can look at the obituaries every day. Yep, that's true. But it's, again, it's it's a matter of, uh, uh, I think, my increasing old foginess. And I would imagine, as an historian, a newspaper was important to you. With I mean, you've you've written five books. Well, in, incredibly important. Uh, uh, in, it, the the story about the graduating class of 1898 from Royal Grande Union High School, a stirring speech was given by one of the five graduating seniors called Spain and Cuba, uh, or, uh, United States and, and uh, Cuba. And the very next day, the uh, the Rough Riders took Kettle Hill, uh, which we know as San Juan Hill. I'm, I'm not saying there's a direct connection between that <laughs> student's speech yeah. and TR's success on the battlefield. Take a, a young man uh, uh, like Hank Bellum, who was a valedictorian of the class of 1938, graduated from Cal with an engineering degree, was killed when the B-17 on which he was a passenger slammed into the side of a mountain in northern England. Brilliant young man. But I can follow him from his birth to his third grade promotion uh, to parties he went to as an eighth grader. You can follow someone throughout their entire lives. All right. We are going to follow Jim Gregory through the news and traffic and weather. We'll talk more about Dick Blankenberg, the Times Press recorder, and the whole idea of a small-town newspaper. We'll invite your phone calls as well. You're listening to Hometown Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm Dave Congleton here with author and historian Jim Gregory. Dick Blankenberg passed away earlier this month. Longtime publisher of the Times Press Recorder. Uh, a great newspaper, great community newspaper, no longer around as well. So we're just talking. Um, oh, here we go. Very pleased to welcome back to the show the one, the only, veteran, former journalist, Tom Folks. Tom, good afternoon. Hi, Dave. Good afternoon. And Jim, I've just been thoroughly enjoying your storytelling about Dick and the Times Press Recorder and the, the lore uh, of print journalism in San Luis Obispo <laughs> County. It's been wonderful. What, year, what years were you there, Tom? I know you started at the TT, right? Yeah, I was at the tri- Tribune, and then Dick uh, Blankenberg offered me the outrageous sum of $10 an hour, and I felt like I had won the lottery and wow. jumped over to the TPR in 19, beginning in 1987, and had a four-year run there with, uh, with a pretty solid crew of folks who he had recruited to the newsroom, and we had a good, uh, we were romping for four solid years, at least, you know, maybe longer than that, but it was, uh, it was a good run. It was good for journalism, and it was good for the county was at he the time. The, was he the editor as well as the publisher, Tom? No, he was the publisher primarily. Okay. He, he he had the final word, so I guess that means he was the editor. The managing editor at the time was Jerry Bunin, who then went over to the Tribune. We had Rick Jackaway uh, in the newsroom, who went over to New Times. Vern Arendis, I don't know where Vern is. Scott Swanson is teaching journalism at a college down in Southern California. Mike Hogson, Diana Carter-Coates, dude named Brian Bullock on sports. And then I was in the newsroom as well, and we were we enjoyed going to work every day. We were having fun, and we were breaking big stories and competing against the Telegram Tribune and having a having a great time. What do you remember about Dick Blankenberg as publisher? He was pretty uh, as 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 Jim will tell you. He was a very mild mannered cat. 
uh, soft-spoken, but he was just fearless in his aggressiveness towards local journalism. He he really was. Um, in his day, I mean, there was lots of reasons. There were when I was in the newsroom and we were, uh, you know, uh, breaking a lot of stories. Dick had many chances to uh, to put a put the spike on some stories because they were controversial. But he he went for them because they were true, and that made all of us in the newsroom not just admire him, but wanted to do well for him because uh, he was so good about things. And I will give you an example of what I'm talking about. Sure. You you may remember back in the day the the county auditor controller Paul Floyd. Oh yes. And yeah. it was a huge scandal at the time, which we just owned that story. Uh I know I remember the Tribune trying to catch up with it, but for your readers who may not remember that, he he Paul Floyd kind of pioneered sexual harassment in the workplace. It yep, was yep. way before Anita Hill. And he had five, four, five, six women who had filed complaints with the County Civil Service Commission against Paul Floyd and had this just, you know, months and months worth of drama hearings in front of the County Civil Service Commission and disclosures. And it, it, it just went on and on. And it spawned so many other really good stories because of all the all the details that emerged from that hearing. So, and Dick was right there. He was, he was with it. He was into it and he didn't shy away from it as mild mannered as he was. And as community oriented as he was, he also was, he just never hesitated to really go get a good story when it was there. Or I should say he allowed us to go get the story when it was there. And I will tell you truthfully, when I was at the Tribune for, four, five years prior to that, that wasn't always the case. I had stories spiked at the Tribune, hmm. and I don't, re- I don't re- recall ever having one spiked by Dick Blankenberg. Now, the Paul Floyd story I remember distinctly, uh, uh, Tom, because uh, he'd been a guest speaker in my American government class at Mission Prep, and the scandal broke soon after that, so I hid under my teacher desk for a couple of weeks. But uh, <laughs> uh, That's a terrific example of... of uh, of Dick's uh, prowess as a journalist. Yeah. And, and Tom, go ahead and comment, please, on just the whole loss of these small-town newspapers. Well, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add to what Jim said because he covered it so eloquently, but I, I will say that local journalism is the glue that binds us together as a community, and it is the sports page. You know, it's the community page. It's the grin and grabs, you know, the check passing photos and the stuff that every journalist in every newsroom just despises having to cover, especially mm-hmm. those grin and grabs. But Dick got it and he ran it all the time. It, 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 uh, it tied the community together. We would run stories about little Kimmy Sato, you know, and the, being the strawberry festival queen and, um, you know, the harvest festival that Jim mentioned and all sorts of stuff like that that it did help bind us together and have a sense of community we, that we do not have anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame. Uh, I, I, real quick story. When George, De, First of all, Paul Floyd is deceased, so we can talk about him with, <laughs> with, with, with some assurance that we're not going to offend anybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George DeBoer was a former editor at the Tribune right. who came up with the, at the time, seemed like a really great idea but in in retrospect was a terrible idea of creating the the tribune's own north county edition 
in its own South oh, County yeah, edition. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. rather than rather than everybody from Paso to Napomo knowing what was going on everywhere in the county, we we segregated our news by region. And that's where the term North County without the, the the in front of it, you know, without the preposition in front of it. North, I'm from North County. I've, I've never referred to the North County as North County because to me it's still the North County. Mm-hmm. Same as the South County. South County isn't a distinct region into itself. It's an amalgamation of a bunch of communities and it's, they're all in the South County. So the Tribune did that. It started that trend of separating us. And the Times Press Recorder, during all of that, stuck to its tried-and-true formula of covering community news, covering sports, and then going after real journalism, going after the Paul Floyd story and the, the real estate scandal over on the hillside in Pismo across from Kmart. I, Jim, I don't know if you remember that, but it was all pasture land, mm-hmm. right? It was all grazing land. Right. And uh, we were able to dig out that story that the city of Pismo at the time rezoned it to uh, residential on the proviso that the housing be affordable. And so they, mm-hmm. they put a they put a price limit on it. I think it was like $90,000 a house or a lot or whatever it is. And when the area was developed, all the infrastructure was put in and the, and the, the, the neighborhood finally went on the market most of the lots were already sold <laughs> to friends of mid-state bank and friends of the city uh, attorney and friends of the you know city manager and so there were very few affordable lots that were ultimately made available all of that was dug out of the of the records down at the county and the journalism, which ran, we ran a series of those stories for several weeks. Dick Blankenberg was right there and saying, yeah. I didn't know that. This is information we all need to know. And it, at the time, was sensational. You know, it's yeah, same with the Paul Floyd story. We ran some really good journalism back then. All right, Mr. Folks, thank you so much for participating thank today. You, we appreciate it. Yeah, I'm enjoying the show. Carry right. on, guys. Keep uh, listening. Work. Thank you, sir. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we are in conversation with author and historian Jim Gregory, saluting the great late, great Dick Blankenberg, who passed away earlier this month, and also saluting the fine community newspaper that he published, the Times Press Recorder. Uh, we're now joined by former managing editor, Mr. Jerry Bunin. Jerry, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hey, we can barely hear you. Is that the best connection you've got? Well, let me see if I can take out my hearing. Let me see if I can get up to a different... Uh... Are you still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you better now. Okay. You're no longer in my head on my hearing aids. Okay. Uh, first <laughs> off, I thought Tom did a really good job, and uh, I don't always agree with Tom, but that was a good job. <laughs> when were you there? When were you there? When were you there, Jerry? I worked for Dick and Kent Blankenberg at the TPR for about 12 years in the 80s and early 90s. And it was about the same amount of time I worked at the Tribune in the, in the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, Jerry, are you there? It's for both. But for some reason, the TPR memories seem more personal to me. Mm. And, and I, have, I have more of them. You know, I remember the, the Blankenbergs they would have these giant Christmas dinners with the staff and spouses, 
And then there was a huge summer party at Lopez Lake for staff families. They were just huge things to do. And I remember my Dick and Maxine took my wife and I out to dinner one time, and Mary and I still talk about that dinner because it was so funny. We had a good time with them. And I always, I always go back, and I, I remember the very first day I, I came to work for Dick. He took me on a tour of the South County and was giving me all this history about Lopez Lake and all the funny politics that went on in Pismo Beach at the time. <laughs> and we wound up on the top of the hill in Wadsworth, on Wadsworth Avenue. And you can look out over the five cities. And I remember he told me that Roy Randy was either Spanish for Big Ditch or Roaring Gulch. And it depended on your point of view. <laughs> so when I look back on the fact that I worked for the two newspapers, I think I had more fun working for the family paper than I did working for a chain. And when the, when Cindy called me or told me on Sunday about Dick had passed, I started thinking about how much he'd influenced my life. And it was really surprising when I started adding it all up. I mean, if he hadn't hired me, I never would have lived here. I still love living on the Central Coast. He also sent me on my favorite all-time story. He called me up early on a Saturday morning because he knew that my wife and I were big Save the Whale advocates. So he sent me to Vandenberg, where a blue whale had washed ashore. Mary and I kept the full-page reproduction of that newspaper page with the stories and photos on our walls for decades. <laughs> and then he appointed me city editor, not managing editor. Oh, Don't sorry. Don't give me too much credit. Sorry. And it's okay. We're good friends, buddy. <laughs> but he pointed me that when I, when I was still a very young, wild, and overly opinionated person, and I had a lot of on-the-job learning to do, and I made a lot of mistakes, uh, Dick was very patient with me on that, and I really appreciated that. I, he started me on, on a journey I, I always think of was to be less immature. But we were very different people, but we got along together. Whenever we would go out, and he would introduce me to his friends as his personal maverick. His personal maverick, I love that. Yeah, I did too. I never forgot. It was a good good name for me. I think the biggest reason that I finally left the CPR was I really realized I preferred being a reporter to being an editor, and I wanted to work for a daily. And before I wrap up talking about Dick, I want to share a quick story about his father, who was an extremely funny character. Sure. Uh, R.E.B. used to really enjoy picking on me. I mean, really picked on me. And I asked him, well, well, who do you pick on when I'm not around? And he said, uh, I talk about you behind your back. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great line. So, you know, I, I haven't got too many news stories. Tom did a really good job of, of covering those. And he's right. Dick, Dick might have been a little nervous about us, but he was always supportive. And he was, you know, he gave you feedback on, on what you didn't like. I really think he was a he was a classic good man. He loved his family. He loved his community. He cared about his employees. He was very involved in the community, as Jim mentioned. Uh, one thing I think that you didn't get was he was active in the California Newspaper Publishers Association, and he was president of, of that whole association. So that was really an important job for him. Yeah. As you probably know, because you work for a newspaper, Dave, being a news person is a passion, not really a job. Dick was very passionate about using his newspaper to serve and improve the community. I'm glad that he and I stayed in touch after I left the TPR. I was really sorry that he passed away. I just kept thinking of how much 
the community benefited from having that local newspaper and how much better it would be today if it still existed. Amen. So Boy. it's a sad day, and I'm really sorry he's gone. It was, I enjoyed him as a person and working for him. Jerry Bunin, thank you so much for those kind words. My pleasure, buddy. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, oh, here's KVC's own Jim Richards. Jim, good afternoon. <laughs> hey, Dave. Hey, Jim. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dave. You know, I didn't uh, realize that uh, Big Blankenberg had passed away. Um, but when I was a kid, I was a newspaper um, delivery boy for the Times Press Recorder. Really? <laughs> and I, I was. And I had Route 10, which was uh, Grover Beach, well, Grover City at the time, from Grand Avenue up to about um, Saratoga Street and then uh, Oak Park to 10th Street, I believe. And it was, it, you know, it was just amazing to, to uh, be even a newspaper boy for the Times Press Recorder because Dick was uh, very involved in the community, and he was very um, supportive of anything to do with the youth. And so Absolutely. he gave... He gave, he gave his, um, you know, the newspaper delivery boys, you know, we had the Wednesday paper, the Friday paper, and then on Thursday we also had a shopper news, which was uh, put out for the advertising department, and we had to deliver all three of those papers, and it gave kids a chance to earn some money and have some responsibility and take, um, take pride in what they do. And I think a lot of times today kids don't have that. I mean, they don't, they're, I don't think, there is such a thing as a newspaper delivery boy anymore. No, and, at least locally, they, were, got, they got rid of them. Yeah. They got yeah. They're replaced by professionals. Right, and and <laughs> Dick was all about supporting kids and showing them how to be responsible adults. And I think uh, a lot of my work ethic comes from being a newspaper boy for the Times First Recorder. If I can add to what what, what Jim's saying, another example of that is uh, there was always a high school page. Uh, And uh, these are stories that were transplanted from the the Royal Grandy High School newspaper, The Altair. But no matter how small the story, uh, the the, the student got a byline. And that was that was tremendously uh, influential. Uh, uh, so that's an, another way uh, he gave a voice to to teenagers that might not have otherwise existed. Jim, anything else you want to say? I I, I totally agree with that. He he was totally totally uh, um, up with supporting kids and anything they were doing in the community. Uh, involved with the Special Olympics. Involved with um, baseball, softball, anything to do with kids, and so. He really promoted having the newspaper voice, and um, unfortunately, that's all disappeared. Yeah, well said, Jim. Thanks for checking in. We'll come back for a final segment with Jim Gregory. I'm Dave Congleton. We're live. We're local. This is Hometown Radio. Top of the hour is ABC Radio News. Then Jennifer Martin and Dorian Michael and Lawrence Juber join us. Tomorrow, a local wine writer, speaking of journalists, uh, Dan Fredman is going to be here giving us the latest update on the local wine industry. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show.
We're in our final segment with uh, local historian and author Jim Gregory, just saluting the late, great Dick Blankenberg, longtime publisher of the Times Press Recorder, sadly a paper no longer in existence. If you want in on this conversation, we would need to, need to hear from you now, please. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. You promised me a story about airplanes. I think uh, Dick's brother, Kent, who was the production manager, inherited R.E.B.'s puckish uh, sense of humor that uh, uh, that Jerry just described. He was uh, uh, the person whom we sometimes woke up at all hours uh, when I was the editor of the Questonian, the Quest College newspaper, to put the newspaper to bed, which the TPR printed for us. There's, uh, other than the smell of fresh tortillas from a, uh, a bakery in Tijuana that my wife and I picked up once, there's no better smell than fresh delivered newsprint. Uh, so getting that stack of Questonians the next day from the TPR was was kind of miraculous. Kent did that. Kent was also even crazier about airplanes than I am. In fact, it, uh, for me, it led to writing a book about uh, World War II flyers. I was, for some reason, at McChesney Field uh, one day, and a hangar door was open, and inside this was this brilliant silver airplane. It was a, a Lockheed Model 12, very similar to uh, the airplane that uh, Amelia Hart uh, Earhart and Fred Noonan disappeared on their their fateful flight, but it, it was one of the most beautiful man-made objects, very Art Deco that I had ever seen in my life. I think I stood there for about five minutes with my my chin resting on my chest. Uh, Kent would would later sell the airplane, uh, but it was just it was just. Uh, such an arresting moment to see uh, something so beautiful and so historic uh, that was part of our local aviation scene. Mm. Are there copies of the Times Press Recorder available? There, if, Back issues? Yes. Uh, there's a, it's, a, it's a subscription service. Uh, it's one of my most valuable sources. But if you look up newspapers.com, they have, they're missing a few years in the early 1900s. Uh, I'm president of the South County Historical Society. We have bound copies at the IWF Hall on Bridge Street. But newspaper.com has digitized the paper. So it is available online and it's indexed. So if you want to uh, look up your grandmother's name from 1935, uh, you can probably find it at newspapers.com. It strikes me as we start to wrap things up that Dick Blankenberg, the publisher, was similar to Dick Blankenberg, the community leader. He, uh, I'm just absolutely stunned by the stories we heard from uh, the fine men who worked for him. That that family atmosphere carried over into his professional life. Uh, uh, so again, this uh, this was a man who was the same man in all aspects of his life, and that's that's good for us. Sounds that, like it could be book number six for Jim Gregory. It just might be. The Blankenberg story. Yeah. No, I I think it's a story that certainly deserves to be told. Uh, Jim Gregory, we always appreciate your time. I got about 40 seconds for final thoughts, sir. Uh, just uh, uh, my condolences uh, to the family. Uh, even though I knew Dick only slightly as a high school student, he impressed me then. Uh, and uh, uh, we thank the family for all they've done for the South County. And we will miss you, Mr. Blankenberg. All right. And uh, how can, what's your website if people want to find out more about your books? Um, pardon me. They're available on uh, all on Amazon.com. Or you can stop by my red house on Beach Street in Royal Grande. And I, I might even pop out and sell you. And I might be in my bathroom. 
Okay. All right, uh, Jim, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Off we go. We've got news and traffic and weather. Here comes the 4 o'clock hour. I'm Dave Congleton. You're listening to KVEC. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.